This morning we are continuing our series on, on developing holy habits and um, I just wanted to start off with a bit of a story um, um, about uh, elephants that were kept in captivity and how they would lead them around and often if you'd go to, um, and it's probably years ago because they probably don't practice this so much anymore, but uh, elephants would be in, in captivity and you'd go to a circus and you'd see this massive elephant being led around by this tiny rope. And you'd sit back and go, I wonder how that tiny rope would control that massive elephant. Well, the thing is, because physically speaking, there'd be no way that that rope would hold that elephant if it wanted to, to go to a different direction. But what happens is they take an elephant when it, when it was very young and they would put a chain around its leg. And so eventually after, a, after time, and, and it would, it'd get worn in that, that thing around my ankle is is trapping me it doesn't i can't get away from it so it gives up trying to fight that it's not strong enough to do it and when that happens the the trainer would then put the rope on in place of the chain and the elephant would be stuck in that habit he simply could not see himself freeing himself from the that tiny rope that was in place so he, he gives up forever the struggle to be free and if the elephant's eyes could be opened to the truth, it could break free at any moment. And all it would take is one try. But, but since the elephant doesn't know, it doesn't take a step in the right direction for freedom. And so for years, decades, these elephants are basically trapped in a mindset that um, could be easily broken. And today we're going to get a little bit more focused as we're looking at habits. Um, and our, our focal point today is about investigating and making change because we can we can talk about having good habits in our life and we go yeah we all want good habits but until we actually get into that deliberate process of going sitting down and going what do I need to change and then actually taking steps to change that then it becomes an idea that sounds good all the time but we don't actually do anything with and so today um, it's going to be broken into two sections we're going to look at investigating that's the first step. If we don't investigate, if we don't really look at ourselves and go, what does God want me to change? And some of that is changing bad habits. Some of it's making new habits and new good habits. And both those are important to do. But sometimes we, we are much like the elephant. We are stuck in a mindset or a practice that we could change if we knew the true reality of, of what God wants for us. And again, this goes back into how we've been exploring this. You know how we've been breaking habits into each letter? So ha H is for having a healthy identity. Some of us are stuck right there. That's where we're stuck. We've got a mindset of going, this is who I am. I can be no different. And we get stuck and we give up on ourselves and we don't make any, we don't believe any changes are possible. But if we go back to where God defines us and an opportunity to, to see us ourselves as God sees us, all of a sudden there's a greater opportunity for us to change because we are believing God can do that. Uh, a was for ask for help. And all, all this will be a part of today as well because as we investigate and make changes, you're going to need someone on your side to do that. We ask God first, but we can ask others around us to be a part of this process also. And then we, um, we get to um, B, which is be kind to yourself. In the process of developing godly habits or any habits in your life, it is so easy to give up because we fail 
we think we've failed. I've set a goal to do this and then two days into it, I'm basically, have done it again and, and, and then we'll try again and then two days in it, we've done it again. And so we, we just, we identify ourselves as failures and then we decide let's just stay here. Let's stay here in this, in this bad habit. Let's stay here in the, without this lack of good habit in my life. I'm just going to live here and I'm going to, again, I'm going to identify incorrectly. And so we need to be kind to ourselves. Yes, we will fail. We will slip up. But let's, let's rest in God's mercy and go, let's get up and do it again. Let's keep going. Let's keep moving in that direction that God wants us to do it. So today we're going to be moving this idea of investigating and first of all, we need to start with this idea of investigating the what. Investigating the what. Sometimes we kind of, we basically, we might watch, um, we might watch a fitness show and go, oh, I want, I want a body like that. I want to, so I'm just going, my goal is to be, have um, abs and, and, and run this fast and do this and, and fit better clothes. And so we have a goal there. We're not actually investigating what to change in our lives. And, and often, like, I don't know about you, but you're, you can be watching a show like that while you're eating a packet of chips. Um, oh, I wish I could be like that. I'm actually working out right now. Um, and, and so it doesn't really change anything. We're not actually investigating what needs to change. We're saying, I hope things can be different. And so there's a difference there. And so even as a church, we need to be going through this process because we might go, we want this change to happen. We want this to happen in our church. We'd love this to be happening. But we've got to investigate what changes need to be made. Um, one of the things we're doing at the moment, we've been meeting after church to, to discuss evangelism. Why? Because we want to see people come to Christ in our church. So one of the changes that needs to happen in that is for the church, which you are part of, to share your faith with others. It's for the church to actually ask for people to come and be in a relationship with Jesus. But if the church has the habit of going, do you know what? That's the pastor's job. That's the leader's job to do that all by themselves. Then we go, oh, we want to see people come to know Jesus Christ, but we don't actually investigate what we need to change for that to really happen. So we need to investigate a what. And it requires an, an honest and intentional look at what is working wrong and what is working right. It requires honesty. Okay? And this is not to undo what we said last week about being kind to yourself, but we can sort of have an honest look at ourselves and say, you know what? I'm not doing really well in that area. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not okay there. God, God, is, God is wanting to make a change there. And I don't need to sort of like put a, a ton of bricks on my head and go, oh, woe is me, I'm never going to be good enough. But at the same time, I can go, hey, that is an area I need to work in. Uh, this week I was listening to a, uh, a podcast that was talking about self-discipline. I shared this on Friday night with some of our leaders. And the thing is, as I'm listening to it, I'm going, I am so distracted this week. And I'm going, oh, this is, this is, this is, this is an area God is speaking me, to me about. I need to be more self-disciplined. And as he'd go on, he says, oh, self-discipline becomes the key for everything. Self-discipline works in this way. I'm going, yep, yep, I can see that. Now, the thing is, you can, you can treat this one of two ways. I can go, oh, never going to happen, not going to happen. I'm going to turn the, 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 the message off and I'm going to walk away and just give up and go cry in my pillow. 
Or I can go, hey God, thank you for pointing that area out. Yeah, help me do this. Help me do this, God. Help me achieve this. And so that, that we'll be talking about that in a little bit. But we need to have that honest look. And it needs to be intentional as well. If we want, um, and that's where I love that, that prayer of David uh, as, he, as he's praying in the Psalms, like, Lord, examine my heart and see if there's any wicked way in me. God is actually saying, God, come and look at my life and point out any area that you don't want me to have. Much like that prayer that Leanne just prayed, there was, there was times in it where she didn't want to say stuff because all of a sudden God is going to speak to that issue. Now, sometimes I think we actively stay away from God because we know God is going to bring something up. But for some of us, it's just the fact that we've never really asked God what he wants to change. Now, that's a challenge for you right there. If you want to be honest about changing something about your life, ask God first. Ask God. Make sure he is included in that process. Because sometimes we might go to a list with God and say, God, here, I've listed about 10 things you want, I want to change for you. And God goes, but I don't want to change that list. Here's mine. And he pulls out his list. Or he might want to just change two things. It might be an attitude he wants to change. Because you might come to God saying, God, I'm going to commit more. I'm going to be at church at least three minutes earlier than I have been all year. Um, I'm, I'm going I'm to give at least 50 cents more in my offering. I'm going to pray for it 30 seconds longer on every second Tuesday. And we come to God with our list of stuff that we're going to do. And God says, I don't want you to change any of that. I want your attitude to change. And when our attitude changes, all those other things change in the process. So let's, let's, get, let's be honest and intentional about um, investigating our lives. And again, <coughs> um, see, habits can actually get to the point that we can actually get used to the mess. Um, my kids do this, so um, dobbing them in today. They get used to the mess that's around them. All of a sudden, they're, they're happy for like crumbs and again like for some of you it might be your desk I could say my desk I probably it's not that I get used to it I just don't have time to clean it um, some of you get used to your yard being or your garden sort of becoming a wild jungle we get used to it and go and all of a sudden we don't see it anymore some of the bad habits in our life can be very much like that we get so used to them being there they're not really a problem anymore and that's the problem we get so used to gossiping at work because I don't do it as bad as anyone else and then you get that sudden rush of a thrill. I'm, I'm part of everyone else. I get to share in the gossip or I, I get to, to do whatever else you want to sort of throw in that space. And, and I'm sure God's pointing on something at the moment. But the thing is we get so used to it that we justify it, we excuse it in our life and those are the things that we need to sit back and go, you know what, God... What do you want to change? What, what do you want to look at and, and help me to see the mess that is in my life? So if we can't see, we do need to ask God. Uh, James 1.21 says, So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. So we need to ask God. If we can't see the habits in our lives that need to be changed. We sort of, the attitudes, and see, habits are a practice, but they flow out of a lot of different things. And so sometimes we need to get to the point going, I'm too critical, I'm too judgmental. And again, you go, but I'm not doing anything. I'm going, well, you're being critical and you're being judgmental. And again, so you need to sort of claim that, you need to see that, you need to sort of go, well, God, this is something you want me to do differently. Um, oh, thanks, Jeff. Um, 
And so basically, we need to get rid of all the filth. And again, God's word becomes this great thing where he speaks to us through it. This is, why it's, this is why it's become such a good habit in our lives. If we get into God's word, God will speak to us. And all of a sudden, our lives are, are measured by what God has, has placed there, what God is sort of speaking to us. And all of a sudden, we get to the point where, okay, we're seeing ourselves in what we read. We, we see changes that we need to make through what we are sort of opening up God's word. Or we, we suddenly are asking questions saying, God, what do you want me to do with that today? We see Jesus being compassionate and we go, God, how can I be compassionate? How can I show your love to the world around me? Or, how, God, how am I doing that, that action or that, that, um, that attitude in my life? And so sometimes if we can't say, so we need to ask God. And sometimes we need to get to the point, we, we can see what, but maybe we don't understand the why. And so that's our second point today. We need to not only investigate the what, we need to investigate the why. Now what I mean by that is that there might be a, a, a sin in your life or a habit um, that moves you in a place that you don't want to be. Um, and the thing is, you may have... Um, so basically, you may eat food because you're unhappy. That's your Why? Or you might gossip because you feel left out. That's your why. You may sort of, um, you might sort of be someone that I've got to control everything around me because I feel like I can't trust people, or I, I've, I've got to sort of, I've got to keep, I've got to put my point across because I don't think I'll ever be heard. And so sometimes we need to understand and investigate the why because sometimes the why is, is relevant but maybe the way we try and solve the why is not. If you are unhappy in life, yeah, there's a whole lot of things you can go do to fill that happiness. You can go buy a new car, you can buy a new TV, you can get the latest gadget, you can try and find more friends. So all of a sudden all these other things can be things that you do to try and fill this one need. And so as we sit back and look, we do need to sort of go, again, back to that idea of healthy identity. Why are these things in my life? Why am I doing it? And some of it's just because um, we've developed habits because we were lazy to begin with. Or we, we haven't guarded ourselves from habits that have risen up in our lives. And so we need to sit back and go, oh, I... Um, I was reading something about two weeks ago. I was talking about the comfort that God promises us. And, and it was really interesting as this word was broken down from a Hebrew um, context, comfort, we understand comfort as ease and relaxation and the removal of all pain. Isn't that how most of us would describe comfort? And the biblical idea of comfort is peace in the midst of trial. You see how that radically changes? And so if we have this pursuit of comfort in our life, from our, or probably from our Western view, all of a sudden we go, God, I don't want any problems. So I want comfort that will, I want to, so I'm not going to challenge myself. But God says, you know what? I want you to have peace in the midst of trials, in the midst of challenge. That's comfort from a godly point of view. And so we need to investigate the why. Now again, sometimes this may take a bit of time. And, it's, and it most definitely will need God in the mix. This becomes a very important conversation that you can have with God. God, I'm, I've been trying to stop doing this. Why isn't that happening? 
And all of a sudden, like God sort of minister to you as you do that. So we investigate the why. And then we, we come to the second part because this is the thing. Like you may know exactly what you need to change in your life. But if you are firstly unwilling or unable to take the next step, it remains in your life. And I've seen people do this. They may have had hurt in their life. They may have had um, um, sort of things that have happened to them that have caused them to be that way or, or, or people to say, this is just the way God made me. And when I say that to you, God just made me this way. And so we basically, we hang on to this idea that even though I'm aware of this, I'm not going to change this. Now, that is not in any way a God sort of goal for your life. God does not want you to know about sin in your life and live with it. In fact, I think that could be one of the worst things to do and I think that's, that's the thing. Most of us actually get past the investigation. We are aware of some of the junk that is piled up in our lives and then we live with it. And that is the most miserable way we can live as Christians at times because it is better off not to know our sin and, and live in a way because all of a sudden we don't know we've got this junk in our lives. So this, this next step becomes really important because we need to choose to change. James 1.22 says, But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says, otherwise you are only fooling yourself. The next part of that verse talks about, it's like you go before a mirror and then you walk away and forget what you look like. And I, I realise... Um, one of the great, one, no, 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 I won't say that, that's too, going too far. One of the bonuses of being married, all of a sudden, I have a walking mirror when it comes to my wardrobe. Because I can get dressed and I can go before my wife and she'll just shake her head. And I go, that doesn't work. Or she'll go, that shirt's dirty. And I'm like, whereas years earlier, I would have to go to a mirror or I wouldn't go to a mirror and then I'd go out looking the way I was, um, un unaware that that was totally unacceptable. Um, so now like, I, I have a way of, of, of reminding myself, going, no, you can't do that. But the thing is, as Christians, often what we do, we, 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 we might have a time with God, we might have a real um, close time with God, and God says, hey, this is, this is something I want to do in your life. And we go, oh, that's great, God, and we walk away and we forget. Now, it sounds foolish, but we do it all the time. We, we basically, we, we listen, to, we, we basically, oh, that's a really good thing that was said on Sunday or a really good thing that I read in the Bible today. And then we go about and go, I'm going to do the exact opposite of it. And they go, and we, and we wonder why we find ourselves miserable. I shared this quote on Friday night uh, from John Maxwell. He says, everything worthwhile in life is uphill. Everything worthwhile is uphill. Um, the problem is we often have downhill habits in our life. Everything worthwhile is uphill. The problem is we have downhill habits. So we've actually got to work really hard at times to keep moving and making those changes. And so if you have downhill habits and uphill hopes, you are in big trouble because the downhill habits will often win over your uphill hopes all the time. And, and this is one of those things I got as a takeaway from this idea, was the only way to go uphill is to have that godly self-discipline that he wants us to have. Because self-discipline becomes that bridge between good intentions and good actions. 
Because most of us here would have good intentions most of the time. I'm, 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 I'm pretty certain of that, knowing most of you. Most of us would want to do what's best and what's right. Most of us don't get up in the morning going, do you know what? I aim to be lazy today. Um, even I suppose that Harry might want to be lazy one day. It just doesn't happen, does it, Harry? Um, so, but most of us get to the point where we go, we don't want to go, do you know what? I'm going to be a horrible person today. I aim to gossip as much as I can at work. I'm going to be horrible to my kids. I'm going to eat way too much food. And I'll, I don't even, I'm not going to set too many goals for myself because I'm not going to be a goal, take it, a goal setter today. We don't, we don't go about that. We actually, most of us start the day going, we want to, we want to do well in our day. We want to sort of take hold of our day. We want to sort of see, achieve good things. We want to be nice to in our families. We want to love our husbands and wives and we want to do all those kinds of things. It's not that we don't have good intentions, but we don't have the necessary self-discipline and, and I suppose awareness to change to get to the point where we're taking good actions. And that becomes so necessary when we, we actually investigate and make change. Investigate and make change. And the thing is, sometimes it's about simply about setting the direction and taking that first step. And then another first step. And another first step. And until we get to the point where all of a sudden we're taking a few steps at a time and moving that way. So we need to change. We need to choose change. But we also need to get to the point where we change our why. We talked about investigating our why. We do need to change our why. Because all of a sudden that gives us reason, a better reason for doing what we're doing. A better reason for doing what we, we think we should be doing. Ephesians 4, uh, 22 to 24 says, Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Ephesians is clearly saying that we have, at times, we need to not only just add on, we need to remove something so that we can become something new. Uh, again, like, um, I don't know about you, but if you just, if you sort of, some of you guys work really hard jobs, and so I'm assuming that you're nice and sweaty when you come home. You don't just change your shirt and put on overclothes that are, that are already dirty and go, yep, I'm all clean now. You want to go and wash the sweat and the dirt and paint and whatever else and the dust. You want to wash that off before you get into fresh clothes. And in the same way as Christians, we need to understand, we need to remove some things... We need to remove some maybe identity traps that we are in. We need to remove some sin, sin that had become a habit in our life. We need to remove that so that we can put on what is new. But also we talk here about let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. This comes down to where it's changing the why. Letting God get into us so he can get himself out of us. You know what I mean by that? Basically, we want to get God into our heart and mind so that when we are living our lives, He is coming through our actions. He is coming through our thoughts. And all of a sudden, and this is the, the thing, habits that are developed over a long time will prove the character you have. Like, the thing is, sometimes we, we, we don't get caught out by a certain sin because it's not in front of us. And all of a sudden that, that opportunity to sin in that way comes up and we, 
we don't have any willpower, no, no anything, and we just fall into it. And what we need to realise is that we get to the point, we need to be developing that habit that protects us and guides us and, and guards us at times to, to, to develop our character. Um, Maxwell also sort of said in this, in this um, video, I saw, he said, willpower really should be described as why power. When you have a why to do what you want to do, it'll actually give you the will to do it. And so when we understand that all of a sudden, and you know that, that passage of verses I shared a few weeks ago, all of a sudden we can actually guard and protect and, and almost sort of demand that this is my identity in Christ. This is who I am because God has made me and God has saved me. All of a sudden that becomes core to who we are and all of a sudden that means the actions that come up, the choices that I have, I can choose this and actually walk away from the identity of Christ or I can choose his path and actually reaffirm it step by step. And so when we know our identity, when we know our why, all of a sudden it gives strength to the choices that we make. Again, we have that choice. We have that choice. But I know when, we've had, when I've had victory in my life in something and all of a sudden a choice comes up, you can go that way and actually go against what you've been, where you've been winning or you can go that way and you keep on winning. The idea of being victorious in that area of my life, it actually becomes a motivator for me to keep going. And why am I wanting to keep going? Because this is who God says I am. So we need to change our why. We need to let the Spirit renew our thoughts and attitudes. Now, one of the things that becomes key to this in making the change is a changing of your routine. It becomes really important. And, and I see routine, like, and this is where sometimes routine will win over our why at time because it becomes something in our lives that becomes a pattern we can build on. And I see this in the life of children. Um, children, like in schools and daycares, even in your own home, they have a routine that they may not understand why but it becomes something that they can work with. They have a routine for bedtime. They, I, I remember years ago I worked with uh, in a sort of a, a, a hostel for children in foster care and one of the boys had come to us and he wasn't used to routine in his life. And so he came to us and he'd been with us for a little while and one night he'd, been, he'd, he'd, he'd volunteered to be a part of a ba basketball team. But basketball was on at 6 o'clock at night. But the thing is, he got so used to our routine in our house that we had six o'clock at, at the house, he was worried that, oh no, they're not going to feed me because this is the only time they feed people. He'd got so used to the routine that he was worried that if he broke the routine, it wasn't going to happen. And so we can get really used to routine and it can be, and again, we can get used to bad routines. We can have a, a morning routine where I go, I'm going to hit snooze 72 times before I get up. And all of a sudden, don't have time to have breakfast, don't have time to dress properly, don't have time to exercise, don't have time to read God's word. And it starts with that bad routine. It actually, everything else feeds from that. So we need to develop those good routines in our life. And, and we need to step back. And when it comes to not doing a good habit or doing a bad habit, we've got to sit back and ask ourselves that question. What leads me to this? What leads me to this? Like, the thing is, if you struggle with eating potato chips in front of the TV, maybe don't watch TV. It, all of a sudden, it changes that habit. Or when you go shopping, going, 
Oh, just because it's on special, I'll throw it in my trolley. It, again, if we move back a few steps and going, I'm going to change my routine so when I go to watch TV, there's nothing in the cupboard to go snack on, then it's not going to break the habit. Or maybe like, again, this is a real simple one, like brush your teeth straight after dinner. So you've got to, then, you've got to go brush your teeth again if you eat something. I'm not saying I do all these, but I'm just basically I'm saying you can do different things in your life that actually breaks the bad routine or introduces a good one. Have you ever? Who who can remember the last time they went on a, a water slide? Some of you is probably a long time ago, like because you, you do that when you're young, and basically that might mean that you're not so young. Um, but but the thing is, if you if you can remember on a water slide. Once, or even a, a really fast slippery slide. Once you start going, it's very hard to stop. In fact, that's the whole point of it. You want to go really fast and, and, and come out sort of going, hopefully your togs stay on and you get to the end and go, oh yes, that was really fun. You don't want a water slide be going, wow, this is, this is not even going. This is not very fun at all. It kind of defeats the purpose. But that's how it is with like actually falling into bad habits. It's not the slide that's the problem. It's not the actual habit that's the problem. It's actually starting. And to go on a water slide, you need to climb up the stairs and you need to sit down and then you need to slide down. And so we've actually got to look at those steps in our place going, what am I doing to climb up the stairs and to sit down before I go into that bad habit? What, is, what leads me to doing these, these habits? Or what's worse, what stops me going? What is causing a blockage to what I'm doing? I'm wanting to see this happen in my life. What is stopping me? Now, blockages are a big problem. Um, just this year, we had some tree roots grow through our pipes at home. And this caused a big problem in, in, in our house because all of a sudden, the toilet is not working. And, and like you can, you can keep flushing and hope for the best, except hoping for the best doesn't, doesn't sort of get you too far. And so all of a sudden you're sort of coming up with other creative ways to try and, oh, hopefully this will work out. If you have a blockage in your life that stops you from doing the things that God wants you to do, you actually need to, to, to take care of that blockage. You need to actually get to the point where I'm addressing that. And that could be a part of your routine. Like Again, it could be something I talked about a few weeks ago. Sometimes we need to ask for help. It could be we need to get medical help. We need to go see a doctor to address an issue in my life. Okay, I'm tired all the time. Or the doctor goes, well, this is why. And the doctor goes, well, if you do this, this and this, okay, things are going to be better. And so that becomes a blockage. All of a sudden, I can wake up on time and do the things God wants me to do. Now, Hebrews 12, uh, verses 1 and 2, looks at this idea. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up and let us run with, the, with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Now, the thing is, years ago, um, I saw this TV show, I'm not quite sure, but basically they, they had to climb this hill with a whole lot of weight in their bag that they'd lost. They might have lost 50 kgs and they had to carry 50 kgs up this mountain. And so the thing is, I'm going, you put any weights, like, um, again, carry your children, carry maybe your children's gear around, all of a sudden you feel a weight 
on you. And when you can put that down, there's a freedom of that. And Hebrews is saying quite clearly, let us get rid of the things that weigh us down. Let's get rid of the things that are a blockage for us. Let's get rid of the things in our lives that lead us into the wrong direction so that we can run with endurance. Now, one of the keys here, though, is that let us keep our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith, or initiates and perfects our faith, as it says in the NLT. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus in this. And all of a sudden, we are not getting caught up in the things that want to grab us and and pull us down. It's not a way to keep going. Now, a couple of points I just wanted to, to encourage you before you head off. Firstly, God is wanting you to make your best change. Do you, do you realize God is cheering for you? God is on your side with this. God is wanting to see you be his best. Because when you are his best, that is going to be beneficial for you. And so God is cheering that on. Like sometimes we are happy for, when we have people around us, we're happy when they fail because it makes us look good. God is never happy when we fail. God is wanting to see us succeed in this. And 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. Oh, but, but my life is so much more difficult. No, no, no. Same temptations. We all face them. Um, but God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. God is not wanting to let you stumble. He's not wanting to sort of have you fail and fall all the time. He's not wanting that to happen. He wants to see you succeed. You need to believe that. He will provide a way out, but you need to choose change. So you can choose going, yeah, God, I'm being tempted to do this, and God says, here's your way out, and go, yeah, but God, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go this way, and I'll come back later. If we choose to stay the same, then... God is still going to be cheering us off. God is still going to supply a way for us out, but we do need to choose it in our life. God is actually on our side. He wants to see that best change in our life. And finally, just um, God's changes will lead to God's freedom. Again, we looked at that in the drama, this idea that when we let God work in our life, whether that's changing attitudes, whether it's changing sort of behaviours, whether it's changing habits, whether it's seeing sin go in our life, All those things. When God makes a change in our life, we will guarantee to have more freedom. We may not be completely free because we've still got other mess we're dealing with, other junks in our life. But when God is making a change in our life, you will have more freedom than you had before. And in James 1.25 it says, But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you have heard, then God will bless you for doing it. When we understand what God wants us to do and we do it, there is freedom there. And so this is one of the things, when we talk about holy habits, it is not meant to be a weight that comes down and you say, this is what you should be doing, but it's meant to be saying, this is God's plan for you and when you do it, you will find freedom to live fully. Do you understand that? When we adopt habits that make us more holy, there is freedom there to be found. And so don't sort of add a list to your fridge saying, I just need to do this more. I just need to pray more. I just need to do this more. No, look to change your identity, to change your why, and and investigate the changes you want, but for the purpose of becoming who God wants you to be. And end up finding the freedom that God wants. God is wanting to make your change for his best, 
and God's changes will definitely lead to God's freedom. Let's just pray. Lord, we thank you that, again, that you do not leave us where you find us. I am so thankful for that. I'm so thankful for the, for the changes in attitude and, 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 and the grace that I've felt over the years that you have brought my way. You have not left me at the place I was when I first came to you. And I, I can echo that for so many other people that you have not left us. But as we look forward, Lord, as we look for where you continually want to grow us, let us not stay at a place that is less than your best. Let us not stay in a place where we are still caught up in in sin and habits that pull us away from you. But let us investigate, let's inspect our lives and Lord, let's be honest about making the changes that you want. And let's choose to make that change. To choose to change our why and to, to come to a place where we understand that you want what is best for us more than we want it ourselves. And I pray that we would know fully the freedom that you want for us. And we pray this in your mighty name. Amen.